You're a dick. Oh, you yeah. are a dick. We couldn't go back-to-back weeks of having two's rants, could we? Well, give the people what they want, Sean. By people, you mean one person. One person on Twitter, one text. That was it. There was two people. Two people in all this great country, including Three. including people from the states who have been listening. They, nobody Three. wanted it. You don't get a vote. You don't get a vote. There's no vote for you. Welcome to Mashup 49. That's what We're going to start it the right way. With uh, two's not getting a say on on whether he gets to rant or not, that's that's my thought. What a bunch of malarkey! This mashup. We're gonna 49th. go on strike. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I it. need to unionize. <laughs> mashup forty nine brought to you by uh, GardenGirl.ca. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams the Tuesday mashup would be brought to you by Garden Girl? It makes perfect sense, Sean. Maybe it does. It absolutely does. I mean. Like their whole thing is that they're passionate about people growing their own food and wanting to learn to grow their own stuff. And, you know, the more self-sufficient people can be, the less they need to rely on things like the liberal grocery Government? handout. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, I mean, it's it's a very good fit. Uh, but, I didn't say it wasn't a good fit. I just never in my wildest dreams thought we'd be oh, gardengirl.ca. It, Anyways. Totally, it, it makes a world of sense. You know, they've got they've got the. Um, the stuff where you can grow indoors like i just i just replanted some of my um you know the little pots i got by the windowsill because it gets a little bit cold there in the winter time so you know i'm getting ready to have some lettuce and chives and things like that <laughs> and then in the next week or two i got to get started on you know the little the little pods that you get everything planted in where you can move them outside so yeah i i quite like this uh, I, I agree too. So for the month of April, it's Ariel out of Regina, Saskatchewan, another Sask fan of the show. Yeah, uh, that's GardenGirl.ca. Fifteen percent discounts on uh, discount on seeds and bulbs for all the listeners. Uh, discount code is Mashup. Uh, they ship across Canada. They're a small family-owned business who believes everyone should know how to grow their own food. We are talking lettuce, tomatoes, potatoes, and I mean a whole bunch of other things. And she says something. For the love of God, just grow something. It's essential. That uh, we're going to toss the link in the show notes, but it's essentially gardengirl.ca. And when it pops up, uh, it allows for a discount code and just put in mashup and you get 15% off. So that's pretty sweet, nice and easy. And uh, we'll throw it in the show notes. And the cross Canada shipping, unless I'm mistaken, is I think $8 flat, which mm. you can't, you can't even hardly buy a stamp for that. It's fair. It's fair. So, uh, New month, new sponsor, having a little bit of fun, Mashup 49, closing in on 52, which is, uh, as we've been joking a little bit, I think. 51 will be, actually 50. 50. Next week's going to be one year because we skipped one week while we were figuring out what it was going to look like to actually do this. And then we took Christmas off. And then we took Christmas off. So next week is going to be the one-year anniversary. What are we doing for one year? I mean, Garden Girl is getting just a gem of a week, you know, one-year anniversary. I don't even know what to do on that. I don't know. I'm not buying you diamonds if that's what you're asking. Hmm, That sounds kind of nice. Anyways. Uh, You know what also is uh, uh, one year uh, on a side note? Um, April 1st. Uh, you know, yeah, ter- congratulations. Terrible. That's something worth diamonds, to be honest. Terrible, terrible day. I don't know why it ever landed that way, but April 1st was my first day of full time podcasting a year ago. So it was a year of full time podcasting, April 1st. No, April Good Fool's for you, joke. man. Yeah, yeah. Pre- appreciate it. Thank you. Now, in saying that, nobody came to hear that. They want, they want Mashup 49. 
and so uh, we're gonna give it to him here. Uh, oh, we we got comments coming in. What? Oh, <laughs> isn't that funny, George? Well, come you on, know what? George. Okay, I take umbrage with this because I quite like that jam. But so I tell you George, what, George says yeah. I hate the music, and yeah. just in back, George is from Eastern Europe. He's immigrated to Canada. Anyways, that's funny. Well, go back to where you came from if you don't like it. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, man! I mean, we have been toying with the idea of doing something different with the. And it's Daniel. Yeah, Smith's April birthday. Smith is Daniel Smith's birthday. That's correct. Yeah. From George, uh, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is going on today? Here and we Ken go. McCammon says, "Let him Ken rant." I love it. <sighs> oh, Folks. what a beauty, Ken! I Stop. appreciate your support. <laughs> uh, okay. And 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 oh man! And here it is. Tuz needs to record his rant, and we can listen to it after the show. That's Dave uh, Emmett. So there you go. Maybe there are a few more people that are are holding on that Tuz is going to get a rant here, folks. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this. Um, I don't like this. I don't That's know. it. We're, no more lives. Lives are done. No more. We're about to start a YouTube channel, so I don't know. Maybe I could throw some rants on there if you guys are interested. Or I just yell at clouds and things like that. Oh, we could do that. Hey, I tell you what. Uh, Tuz is, uh, we're, we're, we're branching out. We're going to go on the YouTube road and see how long we last. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Either way, we're going to have some fun with it. Hopefully, uh, find a few different ways. And with uh, May 29th coming quickly and the mashup going to be doing mm -hmm. some election coverage, we figure we it might as well try and... It just makes sense to yeah. hit all the stops, right? And, I mean, we didn't cover PEIs tonight, which, I mean, you guys are going to be listening <laughs> to this, unless you're live, like Gary, for example. But um, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast the PEI election just happened and the conservatives got a walloping 22 seats for a vast majority. Keep in mind that you're dealing with a population that's quite small in Prince Edward Island, even though they still have four seats in the federal parliament. Okay. Well, let's, let's fire this thing up. Shall we? shall we, yes. shall we get it rolling here? Oh. Uh, we got uh, 12 items today. I feel like that's 24 minutes by our standard and by our standard. Make it 26 because one of them's kind of a super conglomerate. Oh, my God. Actually, that's true. The one I have like a page and a half of notes. Anyways, you know, I would normally say 24 minutes, but I would say we could probably get done in 39. Somehow we're going to stretch it to 44 and 30 seconds. That's my guess. Uh, Do the timer, it. The timer starts now. Here we go. It is Trudeau's Liberals, a job-creating powerhouse uh, here, here it is. The federal liberal government tabled a budget Tuesday that calls for billions of dollars in new spending, something they've done in every other fiscal document for the last seven years. So every year they've done the same, uh, similar things. A review I, of, they're consistent. They're consistent. <laughs> you can't argue with consistency. Uh, no. A review of federal finances showed just how big the government has become in recent years. As a result, Ottawa is projected to spend about $151 billion more next year than it did since 2014-15, uh, the year before Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his party won government in November. It's not just expenses. Federal public service employment has increased by 31%. Uh, uh, in the seven years, the government has added nearly 80,000 employees to the roster during its tenure. A total expenses for the federal government were $280.4 billion in the 2014-15 fiscal year. And that's roughly with inflation 345. And the finance minister, Christia Freeland, budget projects, 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 total expenses will be 496 billion for this year. Okay, so think about it this way for a second. 
that amount of people, 80,000 jobs. Uh, we've got a 65.7% labor uh, engagement rate or whatever it is. That's, you know, if you look at 100 people in Canada, 65.7 of them have jobs. So that's like every single job, every job in a place the size of Moncton, New Brunswick. Like basically, if you're not one of the top two cities in Canada, that's every single job in your town, community, city, whatever, multiple times over. Like it's it's more than Nanaimo has. It's it's more than Red Deer or Thunder Bay. It's like two Granbys, if anybody's listening from fucking Quebec. Are we still not adding anyone chime in from Quebec? I don't think we have. Yeah, uh, I mean... We don't parlay vu, so what are they going to listen to, right? Yeah, so this is this is insane. And like out of this whole budget, the only thing that the only thing where they're actually cutting back on is that they cut the salary for the conflict of uh, conflict of interest ethics commissioner by a third. That's it. They they cut it by like one hundred and ten thousand dollars, and that's the job that they're trying to fill, which we're going to get to later. But that's the only thing out of this absolute cornucopia of spending that they thought was worth just trimming back a little bit on. And they cut it back by a whole fucking third as if that isn't a fuck you to the people who are actually calling them out on their bullshit. I don't know what is. Oh, man. Okay, the PEI election. Okay, here and of course, uh, you know, Sean, would he be ready to go? No, he had to have uh, he had to have a few minor issues uh, going Beer. on. So let's, yeah, yeah, something like that. Here we go. Here, here here's what it looked like. Um, so this was the projection, and this actually, was... the the conservatives uh, appear to have done slightly better than that. The liberals, roughly the same. The greens, a lot less. The greens actually. Um, or pardon me, uh, the Liberals a bit less, the Greens a bit less, even though the Liberals took more seats because of just the way First Past the Post works. And the NDP, as always, they're not even bridesmaids. They're not even ring bearers. They're not even ushers. Here, I'll bring up zero the, uh... seats in Prince Edward Island, as per the usual. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Sean, but they're not a serious party. I've never I've never heard that before. Here, here's the uh, the change in seats compared to 2019. There you go. Plus nine for the the conservatives, uh, liberals down three, greens down six, and there you have. Yeah. It. Although uh, to be fair, um, Atlantic conservative parties are a lot like socialist prairie parties. So when you look at it, you're like, oh, the conservatives won. Here's the thing that nobody ever really asks: is just because conservative is in their name, are they actually conservative? That's that's a fair point, honestly. Right. But anyways, that's our quick little bit on that one. I feel like we're gonna have a lot more to say come May 29th. Well, yeah, I'm excited for uh, uh, May 29th election. Oh, absolutely. Like, I've um, got. Have you looked at the document I shared with you with all of my notes and thoughts and everything like that? <laughs> it's a fucking novel. You know, it's gonna be hard for twos, folks, on election night coverage 
is allowing a guest to speak. That could be interesting. You know, um, it's not going to be two or Sean throwing two softballs all night. Although that would probably be in there too. Who am I kidding? But uh, regardless, I- I'm excited. It should be a fun little uh, adventure. I-, I think. Well, I, I mean, know. we've got we we haven't finalized the roster yet, but we've got we've got a few very well respected names, a few people with some really interesting things to say are going to be popping in and and talking about it and stuff like that. It's something that uh, you should put on your calendars. I mean, it's probably, you're going to, yeah. It's it's the election. But just when the election happens, think of us. Um, climate change. Professional wrestling's less believable cousin. Uh, this this one, um, okay, let's, let's see here. Oak Forest, rugged canyons and mountain creeks make the tiny communities of Lake Hughes and Elizabeth Lake in northwestern Los Angeles County seem as far uh, as one can get from urban commotion and pollution. They also said their lifestyle is getting edgier because of cascading consequences of climate whiplash, wildfires, flash floods, and landslides that have visibly altered the contours of the surrounding Sierra Polona Mountains at the headwaters of the Santa Clarita River. If you read to the end of the article, it then goes on to say the community has rejected proposals to form a flood control district, which they said would increase local taxes and add to a layer of government intervention and their rural lifestyles. That's and then, not the news, Sean. Well, what do it's you want? The climate you, whiplash. You want climate? Like, they're they're okay. always coming up with these sexy and scary names like polar vortex. And what was that one with like the the currents and the atmospheric <laughs> river? And and now it's climate whiplash. And like it's it's almost as though they're taking their names. It's almost professional wrestling moves. It's like, oh, we got hit with the climate razor's edge. Right. Like like they should just they should go just full Chris Jericho on this and be like, you know what? We got hit with the climate moss covered three handled family grunduzzle or the climate Saskatchewan spinning nerve hold, both of which are actual wrestling moves because they're just they're just trying to say okay well, what's the scariest bunch of random words we could throw together like you'd think they'd throw in something from i don't know saw or halloween or something like that like i want to play a climate game it's just it's past Here. the point of idiocy at this point <laughs> two yes sends so this, me this two sends me this and i'm like what the like what is he said to me? The moss covered three handled fam- family grunduzzle. Grundunzel. I'm like but this I- is what they're naming weather after now. This is the stuff right here. Like it's the shooting star Saples super press. You just throw the word climate in there somewhere, or atmospheric, or oceanic, <laughs> or whatever else, right? Uh, oh, super is- blizzard. Super blizzard's on there. Look at it. Super <laughs> blizzard. It says right there. It's total wrestling moves. This is it. This is what they've been doing. The World Economic Forum has been plagiarizing a Reddit thread about crazy wrestling move names. Uh, here, here, Sean was trying to decipher what the hell Tooze was trying to throw at him. I read both, and I'm like, okay, so they're, they're but I missed the whiplash. I just completely like glazed over it. I'm like, well, I assume this is what he's trying to say. Uh, Sean should never assume with twos that would just you know this is what happened happens anyways irrelevant media posts nothing burger uh, articles this is about alberta alberta is gearing up for a provincial election this spring where you can watch uh, the tuesday mashup give you some coverage anyways mm-hmm. uh but the right wing political well, let's not beat a dead horse sean 
<laughs> but the right-wing political action groups and third-party advertisers who want to see Daniel Smith in a far-right slate of candidates from a uh, form government have already begun their work. I'm surprised. I was actually, I was kind of curious too, if our name was going to be on this list when I see the list. Anyways, some groups are running TV oh, dude, ads. We're not nearly that important. Some post day. memes on Facebook while others are organizing behind the scenes to take over the governing United Conservative Party itself in the post Jason Kenny era. Messaging from more active groups is a mix of rhetoric about Alberta independence, conspiracies about the Rhetoric, pandemic. Yes. And yeah, anyways, and vaccines, as well as shilling for business interests. The number one the, uh, group they talked about was Take Back Alberta. You know who I had on the podcast today? Who did you have on the I podcast? I had David today? fucking Parker on the podcast. I didn't yet. know that. I was going to say you I talked with him when, with the Western Standard stuff. I was going to segue into that. I, I didn't know you I talked to him about I it. Today. Yeah, it was my episode today. So I damn near laughed. I'm like, well, I've literally interviewed the first guy they're like saying, like, is the most dangerous guy in Alberta about the upcoming election. Anyways, did he so try like, and stab you? <laughs> No, I'm waiting to get maybe to the he's not as dangerous as everybody's saying. I'm waiting saying. to get to the bottom where they just see me and you like ah, having a good old time, <laughs> uh, you know, talking about conspiracies and laughing about the news headlines. Well, and this mashup is dangerous things. You shouldn't be listening to it. They're shilling well, for mean, the common man. It's honestly, and I tell you, you shouldn't be watching this stuff. It'll fill your head with nonsense. Press progress, um, the Tai Narwhal. They're basically just union propaganda propagandists disguised as news and so it's it's just really interesting because they just say oh well this is a group of very concerned albertans who have organized and they're trying to direct the flow that our government goes in and that's somehow evil and the interesting thing is there's no counterpoint to this at all in any of this even ctv picked it up and and they don't talk about how all of the NDP money comes from unions. All of their support comes from unions. And when you think about it as a taxpayer, you are on the opposite side of the table from the public sector unions. And so when you're a taxpayer, you you should not want your enemy at this, at this particular spot. And I'm going to get misquoted for this in 20 years, I'm sure. But anyway, your, your adversary, when you're discussing what's fair recompense for the work that they're doing which is generally shit you don't want them just buying up elections like they did in calgary like they did in edmonton look how that's going for everybody and so you're like "Ooh, this is super scary there's a bunch of people who are concerned that they want things to go well in the province and and they're getting organized and there's absolutely nothing of substance in this article other than just the fact that they're organized and they've got some funding and they're actively working within their and local boards to and the conspiracy change. theorists don't forget their conspiracy theorists we can't have any of that in our in our in our uh in, in anywhere in politics here's a crazy conspiracy the ndp suck <laughs> eileen clark says we love david parker hey there you go there's, we do there's, too. A, there's a lot of people out there that uh uh are falling right along. You know, it's funny. I've heard this headline before. I feel like it's kind of like becoming, we, we need a little song and dance for this one. The NDP are not a serious party. Oh, here we uh, go. Former. I'm not grabbing my guitar. Let's just get into it. Even, even my father texts me about this one tonight. Okay. Okay. Like I, I think the world wanted to make sure the mashup was going to talk about this. Anyways, former BC premier, John Horgan's first job after officially resigning his seat in the BC legislature will be with drum roll, please. 
a coal, coal company. <laughs> you cannot make this up. So yeah, this is the guy who actively stymied pipelines from Alberta and Saskatchewan getting to Tidewater through British Columbia in the safest and most environmentally responsible way possible for literal years. He retires from the NDP and basically before he even tries on his golf shoes, he's back at it on the board of a coal mine. Here, here's what Rex Murphy had to say. Did you see Rex Murphy's article? It was about uh, carbon tax, yeah. but at the very end of it, it talks about uh, Oregon. Did you see this? Yeah, he said he was a tool. <laughs> yeah, he did. Speaking of coal, here's a quiz. This is this is Rex Murphy now. Name the recent uh, BC premier who fought pipelines with a frenzy in the name of saving the planet, who, now out of office, has taken a position on a BC coal company board. A coal company board. You cannot make this stuff up. The leather on the B.C. Premier's cabinet chair is still warm from his hindquarters, and John Horgan, and I quote, I'll fight it with every tool in the toolbox, is now a coal mining director. Speaking of tools, dot, 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 that's Rex Murphy in the National Post today. This is, John, this is the NDP. It's all just pomp and circumstance and, and just showboating without doing anything behind to actually make the change or even believe in the change. Like honestly, I'm I'm calling it now. I bet you in about a year, year and a half, the NDP in Alberta are going to rebrand. Really? And they're gonna. Yep. Yep. We'll we'll talk about it on May 29th. But let's okay. not beat a dead horse. But let's not beat a dead horse. Okay. Fair. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I'm interested what you think they're going to call themselves. We've been right about light beer all along. There's no article with that. I moved it down to the other thing. Shit. I was going to tell you about this and I forgot. Okay. Just skip. <laughs> Sorry. This is my bad, folks. Move to the next one. Hope they don't shit on you, Bubba. Shit on who? Shit hogs. Big, dirty shit hogs. You know, we got to play that quote because Tooze is an idiot. And he did. <laughs> you come on the mashup. I'm like, I, I should ask why there's no article. But you know what's funny? Every week, folks. I go to Tuesday. I've I said, never Why done no articles or links or anything like that. You know, that. he's going to try and justify it. Every time Sean's like, hey, uh, like, no, what's I, going on I, with this I, thing? I he's usually like, oh, no, no, just let it roll. I got something like just fire. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to just That's like, absolutely just, true. I that don't is absolutely true. tell you what's going on. So the first time I look at this organic. and I'm like, ah, he's got something. Tuesday's has got something about light beer. Does he have anything about light beer? No, he does not. So now Stay my, tuned. So now I got to find a way to fill air for a couple minutes so that I make my 43 minutes and 30 seconds or whatever I said. Anyways, here we go. Okay, Liberals, LeBlanc, out on conflict of interest. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his cabinet have a, a very spotty record of complying with the Federal Conflict of Interest Act. You don't say. Uh, Trudeau has broken it twice in the Hague Con Affair and the SNC-Lavalin scandal. And Dominic LeBlanc, the Liberal Fisheries Minister, now Intergovernmental Affairs Minister, violated the act in 2018 when he awarded a lucrative fishing license to a company linked to his wife's cousin. These incidents make Trudeau's recent decision to name LeBlanc's sister-in-law, Martin uh, Martine Richard, uh, as Canada's interim ethics commissioner responsible for enforcing the Conflict of Interest Act, completely, completely inappropriate. And uh, Trudeau has defended the appointment by arguing Rich Richard Richard is a senior official in the Ethics Commissioner's Office who has done excellent work there for more than a decade, starting under the Stephen Harper Conservative. Has she? 
Okay, here's the thing. In all fairness, <laughs> when you're hiring somebody for a position, you want somebody who has experience. You want somebody who knows the ins and outs. You want somebody who has a good grasp of the subject material that they're going to be dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And who better than the brother-in-law of the former fisheries minister who was violating the Conflict of Interest Act himself? <sighs> Having said that, is there nobody else in Ottawa who is not a fucking cousin of a liberal? I mean, you've got the rapporteur who, <laughs> whose grandkids play with Trudeau's kids, who's been a family friend for decades. They're like, oh, the Agaconda used to hang out with my dad, so I'm going to go down and visit him. It's not conflict of interest. Okay, sorry. It's, it's, I'm going to pay the $200 fine. I mean, there is so much nepotism in that city. It's fucking disgusting. I don't understand why the federal governments when the conservatives are in charge and even the provincial ones, honestly, like why do they always want to consolidate in the one city? You're just setting up a cesspool of bullshit. Like throw a little bit like, you know, uh, Alberta, why don't you throw a little bit of the provincial governance, bullshit, bureaucratic nonsense, do nothing jobs, throw a couple of them to Lethbridge and a couple to Fort McMurray and, you know, a couple here and a couple there instead of trying to put them all in one city, which is just going to cesspool all the unions together. And then all of a sudden you've got this black hole where you're not going to win any seats. It, it doesn't make sense electorally. It doesn't make sense in terms of what's best for the taxpayers. They never do this. And now you got this thing where they're like, oh, yeah, the best person for the job is my wife's cousin's boyfriend's brother. And it's just. Like, honestly, like, we we joke about how inbred Manitobans are. Let's look at Ottawa for a fucking second, Sean. Uh, man, conflict of interest. It's a hard thing to understand, you know? It's just, it's a hard thing to understand, you know? I, I don't get why I can't award it to my wife's brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Western Standard has the second best April Fool's prank this year. Um... And it was beautiful. Yeah, I, uh, where I I don't even know where I put it. Like, the, what, what what am I doing on this side? You got me so confused. Doctor Jordan B. Peterson oh, retweeted goodness. it. So Western Standard wrote an article, and they they tweeted about it as well. And the tweet said that one lane along the eight thousand kilometer highway, the Trans Canada Highway, will be repurposed from motor vehicles to bicycles and other human powered transportation which sounds exactly like something the liberals would do. That just that just screams Justin Trudeau, I'm a fucking idiot who's never had to drive anywhere because I have private jets taking me all over the fucking place. That just, it makes perfect sense. And so Dr. Jordan Peterson, who is not a slouch by any means, says this idiot country is sheathed in ice seven months of the year and the Trans-Canada Highway in brackets, an underdeveloped national disgrace, is 5,000 miles long. Is there nothing so stupid you won't do it at Justin Trudeau? So, yeah, he got got. He got got. There the it is. Western tra- Standard, <laughs> the Western Standard, totally just <laughs> set the hook, reeled it in, and he's flopping on the boat. Well done, Western Standard. Yeah, I mean, for them uh, to have Jordan Peterson. Not for anybody. Well, for anybody. For anyone. True. 
But for a man of, of Jordan Peterson's stature, for a Western Can- Canadian uh, news outlet, etc., to have that out there, you know, it, I mean, maybe it does nothing, but I, I assume it, it no, does it a little more. No, it absolutely makes sense. This is the same kind of thing. Like, remember the first time we ever talked on on your podcast before we even knew each other at all, and I was talking about that parody account, the Catherine McCannon parody account, they got kicked off of Twitter because Brett Wilson looked at it and said, okay, well, that sounds like something that Catherine McKenna would do. And it was just absolutely asinine bullshit, which is exactly what Catherine McKenna would have done. And then the liberal government reached out to Twitter and got that Twitter account shut down. This is the same kind of thing. This is that level of high quality parody that, so many of us aspire to where we just want to be that good and we want to get people. This is like that guy in Alaska in the seventies who spent like months lugging tires up to the top of the fucking mountain. And then on April 1st, he just poured a bunch of gas on him and lit him on fire. And then everybody thought the fucking volcano had gone active, but it was him just fucking around with old tires. This is that epic level of trolling. And honestly, if you're not subscribing to the Western Standard, you fucking should, because this is well done. Oh, man. Okay. Parliament has best April Fool's prank this year. Okay, so Western Standard was good. This one's better. The Liberals' budget uh, set aside... Well, now I'm reading the wrong one. Canada Parliamentary Budget Office says the average family in seven provinces where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's carbon tax now applies will pay... Hundreds of dollars more in carbon taxes this year than they will get back in rebates. With Justin Trudeau's uh, carbon tax increase by 30% to 65 tons per uh, $65 per ton of greenhouse gas emissions from 50 per ton on April 1st. When both fiscal and economic impacts of the federal fuel charge are considered, we estimate that most households will see a net loss paying more in fuel charges, GST, as well as receiving lower incomes compared to the climate action incentive payments they received and lower personal income taxes they pay. Uh, they estimate the net cost of the an average household in Ontario will be 478 this year, and by uh, rising to 1820 and 2030, it goes on to list all the provinces and what mm-hmm. they're going to see. Just put it this way. It's going to be Everybody's a getting screwed. Uh, correct. And then... Um, <laughs> Stephen Gilball was actually on CTV's, not Power and Politics, Pal whatever i don't know they've all got stupid names but um he was with vasi kapalos and she actually to her credit got him to admit that for the average canadian they were going to be paying more the carbon tax went up on april 1st the alcohol tax went up went up on april 1st all of the generic i i think cigarettes maybe went up on april 1st too um and then the one other thing that went up on April 1st. MP, MPs will take their fourth pay raise since the beginning of the pandemic on April 1st. Yep. And it's estimated this year's pay raise will range from an extra 5100 bucks uh, to the backbench MP to an extra ten grand for the prime minister based on contract data published by the federal government. So everything's going up, including how much we're paying our officials. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the uh, Canadian taxpayer... Um, pointed out an increase in 14 cents per liter for gasoline, 12 cents per cubic meter of natural gas, as well as a 2% raise on um, beer, wine, and spirits. 
Yeah. So oh, yeah. think think about this for a second. We pay for Justin Trudeau's housing. We pay for his entire family's groceries, which gets up to twelve thousand dollars a month while he jet sets around the fucking world. We pay for his vacation property on the lake that he never fucking goes to because he's always off the Costa Rica and Jamaica and some fucking idiot fucking shit that none of us can afford to go to. And at the same time, while this fucking vapid moron has zero personal expenses, we gave him a $10,000 a year raise. Just buzz me out. I, I don't even. Yeah. Okay. That's even better. I don't know. I have nothing to add to that. Honestly, it's it's uh, it's a sad state of affairs when that's what's going on. Everything's going up. This is this is like when Maduro in Venezuela did that public service announcement about how how bad it was and how people were feeling poor and everything like that. And, and the socialist country was collapsing and he just sat there eating an orange and he's like, well, I've got an orange. I don't know why you guys are complaining. Trans discussing reaching boiling point. Here is uh, here's the first, the first, okay. This, this, this one, was very nearly the happy news. The, okay. So this, this is, um, um, there's a lot to this. Okay. Let's start here. Uh, a bearded pro, Powerlifter entered a women's competition in Canada and smashed a record held by a trans lifter who was watching. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time so everybody can can understand what I just said. A bearded pro powerlifter entered a women's competition in Canada, smashed the record held by a trans lifter who was watching. Okay, mm -hmm. so she was he was in the anyways. Avi Silverberg, the head coach for uh, Avi Silverberg, for the head coach for Team Canada Powerlifting for more than 10 years, entered Saturday's Heroes Classic Tournament in Lethbridge, Alberta, after identifying as a female. Video shared by the th this is the guy obviously on on the video. Video shared by uh, athlete activist group, the Independent Council on Women's Sport, shows him walking up the platform, still fully bearded, and <laughs> wearing a regular men's singlet. He then casually bench-pressed nearly 370 pounds, beating the current Alberta women's record by almost 100 pounds. And the bearded pro powerlifter entered a women's competition. Anyways. He smashed okay. the records, showing up just as he was, said, I identify as a woman, beat the shit out of the records, Correct. and then walked away while this trans athlete who had everybody else competing for second place is now pissed. Uh, and so it's, oh, it's so poetic. It's beautiful. I don't think Shakespeare, if you gave him a thousand years and a million pages of paper, could have wrote something also like that? the appropriate amount of ink as well. I don't think he could have come up with something that good. Like just, like, there's so much. There, okay, where do I even start with this? Okay, in professional sports, as in professional anything, you've got this, this public persona that everybody feels like they need to put forward, and they don't ever want to be the person at the company to say, this is bullshit, and have it come back and reflect on them. And so they get personally shamed into doing stupid things in the interests of the company. And this is what happens with these professional organizations like the NHL, which we're going to get to, like this powerlifting thing, like all of this stuff where you have this 6'5", 50-year-old dude in the States playing on a college women's basketball team 
and and he's basically like every other chick on the basketball team, which tend to be tall girls, by the way, like up to here on him. Like they'd have. Did you and see the so- Did you see the New Zealand prime minister? Did you see that one? Well, when he's well, asked, well, well, how do you well, how do you define a woman? And then he goes, "Well, uh, well I didn't well, prepare well, for that uh, well, question." Eggs, and, th- and, then he, and then he's like, "I eggs. think you get to decide. I think you get to decide." Anyways, you're like, "Oh yeah. boy." Um, how about this? Okay, you brought up the NHL. In response to an increasing number of players engaging in silent protests against the NHL's Pride Nights, a new uh, report claims the league is reevaluating the events, which may lead to them being canceled. Currently, all the teams in the NHL hold Pride Nights. However, some uh, now do so without them theme jerseys as the events are planned by the individual teams, not the league. And uh, Gary Bettman said in an interview with CTV News when asked about the players that have refused to wear Pride-themed jerseys this season, this is the first time we've experienced that, and I think it's something that we're going to have to evaluate in the offseason. Of course, he's talking about James Reimer, uh, Provorov. Now Eric and Mark Stahl have done it. Uh, they, you've got teams like Chicago, New York Rangers, um, just not doing, not wearing the jerseys whatsoever. So it'll be interesting uh, to, uh, to see where that leads um, <clears throat> overall. Here's... Okay, look, if there's any trans people listening to this who are pushing for this sort of thing, just hear me out for a second. I will solve all of your problems. All you need to do is you just need to say, okay, we understand that everybody on the ice at the same time needs to wear the same jersey. So they've got their game jerseys. But if you want to wear a different one during the warm-up, it doesn't ever have to be organized. It doesn't ever have to be mandatory. But you just give all all of the NHL players, the option of anytime you want, you can just wear a trans or LGBT, whatever alphabet soup fucking Jersey you want. Look, it's there. If you want it, if you don't no worries and every game, there's going to be two or three or four or five players who are just like, okay, well, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I can wear that this week. And that's it. That's it. That's all it ever has to be. Because as soon as you make everybody wear the ribbon, What's the winner of the ribbon? Like, it's just forcing people to buy into this or anything else is just going to get pushback, right? I mean, you say, we want rights. We want rights. We want rights. Well, you know what? Eventually, people are going to start pushing back, and you're going to get so many rights, you're going to be begging for a left. Or just keep it civil. Just just make it fun and friendly and optional, and people are going to actually support you. Don't be a dick about it. Or, or whatever the hell your genitals are nowadays. Um, I'm going to keep going here through the head. This is, a, this is an extended uh, uh, list on, on, on this one because we, there was some interesting articles. The next one was CBS talk, uh, top executives ban staff from using the word transgender in reporting on the Nashville shooter in spite of the fact the police stated Audrey Hale was transgender at this, at, at this mm-hmm. was considered to be an important point in the case reports in the New York Post. And that's, uh, you know, if you've seen the body cam footage and everything of going in and, and the school Absolute shooting. Absolute badass. Uh, Hats off to those guys. To those guys. Um, yeah. yeah. Just a while that they, I, I mean. I, Compared to the body cams for the Uvalde guys where they're just getting hand sanitizer and standing. Serious. And then the final one, I didn't realize this. So I got a, the, the, the old boys told me about this. So they stopped drinking Bud Light. And I was, I, I heard about it. I was like, what? 
What the hell are you talking about? Well, here it is. Okay. So I, do you, did you see the Drew Barrymore interview with this uh, Dylan Mulvaney? No. Where she gets no. down? You haven't seen that? Yeah, I... Anyways, the last was, time I saw Drew Barrymore do anything I didn't even realize she had was a in the show. first Scream movie. Let's be clear here. I'm not saying I'm a Drew Barrymore fan. I'm saying for a guy who stay, sits on Twitter all the time, it was a huge thing for like a couple of days. I didn't know who it was. I just knew it was a it was a. Oh, she trend. was in E.T. back in the day. And she's, yeah. Anyways, trans TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney was announced as the latest spokesperson for Bud Light in a pair of videos that were attacked on social media. The trans activist revealed on Saturday that the beer company sent packs of Bud Light featuring the influencer's face as a way to celebrate 365 days of girlhood, a milestone for Mulvaney recently reached. So this <sighs> this was the headline when I was starting to put the mashup together, and then and then I realized I was like, you know what, I better put it together with everything else. But yeah, this is, you know, some people are going on Twitter and saying like, oh, you know what, why are you, you know, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you do something like this? Why are you alienating your customer base? But let's be honest for a second. Like, let's just have a real discussion. You, me, everybody listening. Light beer? This is their target base. You think Bud Light's uh, target base is... is? Uh... <laughs> I'm just shit-talking people who drink light beer, Sean. <laughs> Fair. Here's, here's what John uh, Cardillo had to write. Who the hell at Bud Light thought it was a good idea to make a grown man who dresses like, uh, like little girls their new spokesperson? Brands have to stop <laughs> listening to their woke creative teams and get in touch with their consumer demographics. Water Unless... pretending it's beer? Unless you're water doing... pretending it's beer, Sean, I feel like there's a little like you could probably <laughs> make a bit you're... of an argument there. Ah, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, a bunch of light beer drinkers are like, fuck it, going to the hard stuff. Let's go, you know, yeah. like screw this. We're going back to the rebel. <laughs> Earl Whaley uh, says, uh, are we, you know, I'm going back through some old comments. He said, evening boys. And then he followed it up with, uh, we're Venezuela North. and We uh, absolutely are. Ooh, I didn't know this. Red Deer, uh, Rex Murphy's in Red Deer May, May 5th? 5th? Interesting. Interesting. Maybe, is there a Star Sandy Wars thing Hogger? going on? I don't know. All right. I need to look into this. You must, you wear, must the wear the ribbon. ribbon. You must wear Yeah. If you get it, you get it. And Eileen says, no self-respecting Canadian drinks light beer. I guess her and two. She's absolutely along. right. Her and twos get along just great, you know? Anyway, it's, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm trying to find the buzzer. I can't find the buzzer. There, just, you know? just hit any random button. You know, I'm, know. I'm, I'm just starting like, to get there. Your, your you garage know? door will be opening. and You'll be like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Oh, my goodness. Bleeding heart. Oh, no. You know what? You know what? I wanted to show one more thing on this before we hop away. Um, okay. All right. He's, he's just he, got to keep talking after the buzzer. No, 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 because I, I've had Billboard Chris on the podcast. I and, remember that, uh, yeah. They're, they're getting that kind of representation. I mean, it uh, clearly was uh, aggressive violence. Oh, that was kind of loud. Anyways, could you hear that, Tooze? It sounded normal, but I don't know how it'll play on the podcast. Yeah, fair enough. So I, I guess I, it, this is how it starts. For people watching it, the, this lady is waving a flag in Billboard Chris' hand, 
uh, hand in his face, and then she just start basically and saying, "You suck." By fuck far, you. not the first aggressive person either. And then it's chant of "fuck you, fuck you," and she oh, gets, man. he gets. Oh, I don't know. Uh, this is just terrible. Sean just can't even freaking pull together a night tonight. You know, forty nine. Let's. Anyways, she starts uh, yelling profanities at him, and you get the point. <sighs> Sean just can't get back to the couch oh, soon God. enough. Just, just, just scroll ahead just a little bit further. She's right in his face. <laughs> it's getting close. Just, just wait for it, folks. And this is Sean Newman like, guy just, that they just, have hosting. Just look at, just look at how aggressive this person is being, right? And kaboom! Yeah, and I mean, yeah, wild stuff. Anyways, I, I wanted to show it because I've had Billboard Chris on, you know, yeah. and um, I remember that episode. Yeah, he was just on uh, Tucker Carlson and he anyways. was. It's it's really interesting because technically he touched her first by about three thousandths of a second. But it did happen. He had his hand like it wasn't it wasn't like he was leaning into it like he was going to push her away. It was just it was very much a. You know, let's get some separation thing. Um, and I mean, she was right in his grill. He was well. This, it's just this, you can just see yeah. the anger. He's not reacting to it. It's a wild and it video. Was, it to was watch. very much just like a thing. So technically, he touched her first, him first. God, I hate this shit. Whatever. Bleeding? He touched that. He touched Don't even that worry about first. it. I, I wanted okay. to bring it. <laughs> I wanted to bring it up just so, because. And then, and then all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, this this dude in a ponytail is putting on the foil and going AWOL. <laughs> Not AWOL, ape shit. Um, yeah. Like it just and so and so now um they tried talking to some of the VPT about it, the Vancouver Police Department, and they're like there was this this chick who was like, Oh, well, basically it was just like asking for it. You know, because he just showed up to this thing and he was standing there quietly with a sign and just trying to say something without saying it. And of course, there's going to be issues. So obviously. And then everybody in the VBD is mad at the people who are, I would say, very rightly outraged at the way the VPT did not handle the escalation. Like you. It doesn't take a rocket Scientologist to look at that situation and say that it's going to escalate when you've got this guy just standing there quietly and then this right in his face with just, you know, the five o'clock shadow and the long blonde ponytail and maybe like the big burly shoulders. Not big enough to win a weightlifting record, but a little bit. Obviously, shit's about to go down, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> this kind of thing gets my goat. Speaking of goats, Bleeding Heart doesn't read fine print. Uh, I, I can't believe this made the headlines this week, other than, anyways, two's dug up some uh, literal gold this week in a couple different places. Here it is. A California woman sold her daughter's pet goat to her local county and district state fair, but now she's suing them after they allegedly slaughtered and barbecued it. Jessica Long purchased like, Cedar. Just, that's that's it right there. That's the whole story, Sean. Except it isn't, because then they go on this five hundred mile wide manhunt for a fucking goat. Yeah. <laughs> because 
Okay. <laughs> they steal the goat from the fair after they're like, what? what it's gonna wait, be. Wait, what? they're gonna they're gonna kill it's, it. It's it's gonna be. They're they're not gonna just. They're not just gonna love it forever for the rest of its life. No, 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 no. That's that's. It's going on the grill, and they're like, oh shit! And so they stole the they stole the goat after it had already been sold. Uh, that's cedar then, right there. If anybody's wondering, uh. they stole the goat. And then they took it back to their farm, and then they worried that the cops were going to try and track them down, and so they tried hiding it out at like a safe barn, like like a safe house. Like they put them in in goatness protection program and tried to hide it from the authorities so that the cops wouldn't find them. And then the cops tracked the goat down anyway, <laughs> like as if you could tell the difference between two stupid fucking goats. <laughs> and they they took it all the way back across like five hundred miles. To the fair, where they're like, okay, we got the goat now. And then they chopped it up and fucking ate it. <laughs> the parents, the parents are like, can you believe this shit? This is no, just like, a- we sold them the goat. And then they paid for the goat and we received the money for the goat. But then they wanted to eat it. And then they had the nerve to steal it back from us after we stole it from them. Of course I had to have this in the mashup, Sean. They're trying to sue them for eating the goat that they bought. I can't even I can't even hold it together right now. Like no kidding around. I liked how they I mean, it's you know, anyways, you feel for the little girl because she didn't know you don't. I, I feel a little bit for the little girl, but then when they stole the goat and like it just it just became this like wild like this like is the greatest Bonnie, movie ever. Bonnie like they can't like they can't make this into a movie too, it would be just freaking hilarious. Like this is yeah, this is a this great is like movie. Like that, that that Jeff Daniels movie with the geese, basically, <laughs> except like if they all just got shot at the end. Uh, I don't think I've laughed. I don't think I've laughed and... this hard on the on the mashup in a long time, if ever. This this article is just is just beautiful. Like I mean, it's anyways. You, you can't write something like that. I, anyways, <sighs> or maybe maybe this would have been more fitting. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I have happy news next. Now you have changed something on me. Am I missing something? Um, so she ain't messing with no broke Aussies. No, I, haven't, I don't know. Wait a minute. Shane messing with no brokazis. I don't know what we're talking about. What did you have for happy news? Oh no, I, she ain't no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, okay. No, with okay. But uh, is this is this is this the final one? Because you screwed me up with the the light beer and everything. Is there something I'm missing? Okay, there is nothing happy about light beer, Sean. It is an absolute travesty. <sighs> happy news, folks. We're exist. at happy news. We're at happy news. I'd like to point out that I said 43 minutes and 30 seconds. We just passed it. Like some of a bee. You know, like two's had to. Anyways, here it is. Okay, she ain't messing with no broke Aussie. Happy news of the week is uh, an Australian man armed with a budget metal detector has hit the jackpot, finding a 4.6 kilogram rock containing gold worth $240,000. The man who doesn't want to be named made the discovery in Victoria's gold fields, which were the heart of Australia's gold rush in the 1800s. Darren Camp, who valued and bought the specimen, said it's the biggest thing he's seen in his 43-year career. He was just gob smacked. It's one uh, a once in a lifetime find. 
I, uh, I, uh, I, I truckled at the end of this. Um, <clears throat> it said all up the 4.6 uh, kilogram rock contained about 83 ounces or about 2.6 kilograms uh, of gold. And he says the lucky man is looking forward to spending the windfall on his family. He said to me, oh, the wife will be happy. I bet she she will. Yeah. yeah. Happy wife, happy life. Right. But I mean, this is this is really nice. Actually, um, one of the listeners, Iceman, sent this to us. And you know who I, Iceman is, right? No. You have no idea who that is? No, not at all. Well, here, I'll lay it on you. That's my uh, one of my brothers. Listens all the time. That'd oh. be Harley. Harley's the one sending all the articles in, in Twitter. There you go. So shout out to Harley. How did I miss that? We should totally have him on. He's like just just from the articles and everything like that. He seems way more interesting than Dustin is. <laughs> ah, well, I tell you what. Um, I'm sure he would love to come on. Um, as far as the brothers go, the brothers' roundtable is firing up for the Edmonton Oilers playoff run. I don't know if the Flames are going to be like. Do you know what? Do Flames understand what the playoffs are anymore? <laughs> Uh, uh, terrible audio there terrible audio sorry sorry sorry, you were just sorry the last thing i heard was we were talking about i I was just saying how the the brothers round table is going to be coming back once a week for the oilers playoff run and all the brothers are going to be on it once a week i'm rather looking forward to it i don't think we'll talk much about the calgary flames though i don't think they're going to be making so aussie gold nugget Fuck you, Sean. <laughs> ah, man. Mashup 49. What a train wreck, you know? I apologize, Ariel. You, you'll get a, you'll get a better one on on 50, you know? I think uh, this is a really good one. I had fun with it. I have fun with them all. Sean couldn't figure his head from his ass for most of the show. I mean... That's because uh, they look the same. Well, that's uh, quite the compliment because, I mean, I think I'm a good-looking man, so I just assume that uh, it goes... Anyways, anyways. Um, hey, uh, thanks for everybody tuning in. We got a couple comments coming in uh, uh, a little late. Oh, um, holy crap, this is a long one. Whoa. Th- this is this is about the Rex Murphy. So it's uh, celebrating 100 years of Rotary and Red Deer, so thanks, Brianna Rhodes. Uh, Brianna Rhodes, Brianna Rhodes, Brianna Rhodes, Brianna Rhodes, I think. I don't know the brand name. Tables of eight are available. There you go. So uh, th- save the be- date: hundred years of Rotary and Red Deer with Rex Murphy. May fourth. What? How cool is that? That Rex Murphy is just coming all the way across the country to just help do a fundraiser. How cool would for it a local be to community? have Rex Murphy on the mashup? Maybe the mashup should get a table and pitch him the idea. Oh boy, so many. I ideas. wouldn't understand a word the guy said. Can you imagine how much fun that'd be? That'd be fun. Um, Earl Whaley says yes. Brothers Roundtable. Oh, yeah, we're coming hard Man, and heavy I've for the Oilers you, playoff I've run. I've been telling you for years, Sean, that the the Brothers Roundtable is my favorite part of your podcast. Yeah, it's it's funny. It, it, it's it's a, The Brothers are a weird group of gentlemen. When I say, hey, we should get together. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, And then, like, two months go by, and we still haven't done one. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's called being 40. Uh, probably. I'm. I'm. Uh, uh, last year, I learned a very valuable lesson when the Oilers were playing. Even the Flames were playing. I wanted to talk hockey. I was like, we, we got to talk some hockey. But I had no. I'm like, so you know, this year I'm not making the same mistake. I know I'm going to want to talk hockey, so I'm going to have a brothers roundtable once a week, and we're gonna we're gonna talk some hockey, which is going to be a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Um, can Sutter make the playoffs? His post game interviews are gold. I will agree with that. 100%. I love Sutter. 
Yeah. Until I mean, you miss I drive the playoffs and... just, 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 just cool it a little bit for a second. You know, I, I drive through his town on a fairly regular basis. And every time I'm just like, I'm going to stop here. Maybe I'll run into him. I'm going to stop like, you know, that Burger King in, in Viking. And then, you know, they got the Dairy King. And then, you know, you're just like, okay, well, you don't like, I just, I always stop in that town just because one of these days I'm probably going to run into him eventually. Right. You know, just, just whatever kind of roadside stop as I'm driving through. And I've always got my fingers crossed. Like, come on, Sutters, like any of them, any of them. And I never see. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? I just, I just want to pull up the Pacific division. You know, I'm just, I'm just right there, right there. We're right on the cusp. 87, 87 points, eh? Well, we'll see if you can squeak in, you know? Maybe. You're a real squeaker right now, Sean. <laughs> a real squeaker. Like uh, she says, Brianne Brian says she'll... Uh, Sit at our table. If we get a table. There you go. Well, I don't know. Maybe we just, you know, see if six people want to come hang out with us or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a possibility. I, I mean, Rex Murphy's going to be in Red Deer. I've been trying yeah. to get Rex on the podcast now for like a year and a half, and it just hasn't worked All out. Right. So, well, I'll just take a random shot, and he'll be on mine first. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Are we uh, putting a little side bet on this? Is that what we're doing? Because uh, no, no, <laughs> oh, come on, as if he would be on mine before he'd be on yours, you dick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Kurt Hodging says, I can translate any of Rex's noofie terms you guys don't understand. Okay. That's so, here, here's, here's the thing. Like, if, if you want to understand, I, I totally get you, Kurt, right? Because here's the thing. When it comes to speaking Newfoundese, it's, it's very simple. You say everything as fast as you possibly can, except the word Newfoundland, and all of the vowels are pronounced eh. And that's it. So, How's you getting on there, right? Oh, yeah, not too bad. Oh, yeah, I just going over to that new land. Oh, it's best kind. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I just fucking love that new land. Oh, I know it's for sure. You don't tell me. Oh, I know it's for sure. Uh, that's man. it. That's that's new for these. <laughs> how, about, how about this? See, you know what's funny? Actually, before we get to this, I'm going to hide this for a second. Um, we must harass the East quite a bit. I assume that is that goes without uh, saying. I got a text today saying, um, you know, Sean, there's more Canadians that, that uh, we live east of uh, Manitoba as well, or something along that lines, because I must be pretty hard on, on somebody past Manitoba. Anyways, we got a bunch of listeners out in Ontario too, and we're mm-hmm. supposed to, um, you know, go a little easier on them and, uh, and that type of thing. Anyways, I, that was the text today. Say the word, I will fly out if I get a seat at your table. That's Earl Whaley. Earl, where are where you from? Too? Yeah, where where are you from? Where are you flying where to? Where are you where, to, okay. Yeah. Uh, happy news. As we wait for Earl, hopefully, to respond to that before we end this. Um, 49. What do you want to do for 50? What do, what do people want to see on 50? You got any ideas? Ontario. No shit. There, oh, there you go. I hear that, Earl. What do you want to do on 50? What do you want to do for a year? Oh, man, I'm gonna, this is going to be tough. I don't even know. You know what? I feel like... The other... New music. What is up with music? George and the music? George, we're not, we're not having new music. 
We're not just going to sit here listening to Rammstein all day. Although we could play this uh, this guy named Paul Brandt, you know, for yeah, you. Yeah, we've got that in our pocket. We, we haven't do have pulled that it in our yet. pocket. We haven't pulled that out. So we've been talking about how, you know, maybe it might be interesting to mix up the intro song and, you know, focus on some local music or new music or interesting music or whatever else. And then because Sean and Paul Brandt are best friends. We're not. Which, but we're on speaking terms. And I think highly Which of I'm it. totally jealous of, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We got we got the go ahead from Paul to use some music for the match. To use a, yeah, to use Alberta Bound. I think that was the song, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well Alberta no, it Bound? was it was kind of a carte blanche and then we kind of just got paralysis by analysis because you know, you, you think like, okay, well, yeah, he's got some decent tunes, and then you start going through the catalog and you're like, How the fuck am i gonna pick out a perfect song here right it's like trying to pick your favorite kid before they turn five well so so the idea what twos is talking about is that we'd uh, instead of playing the same song at the start of every mashup maybe you could uh um pick out some canadian artists that want to get their music heard mm-hmm. and uh this would be a way to uh, showcase it anyways yeah. it was an idea we'd thrown it at paul and paul loved it and then we haven't done anything with it which um yeah, I I don't know what to do with that other than George's hassle is about new music. And I'm like, well, what the heck? I thought people enjoyed it. Um, and, and I tell you what, folks, we do new music. Twos for sure doesn't get to rant over it because we're going to all want to listen to it. No? Or rant. Anyways, anyways. That, hey, that's well, just thought. And uh, Earl says, it's not my fault. <laughs> I identify as an unburdened. We love you, Earl. Oh, man. Um, that's going to wrap it up for 49, isn't it? And is it yeah, I, mean, I think so. You know what I said? I said forty-three and thirty, or forty-four and thirty. I think it was forty-three and thirty. We're at fifty-four minutes. I've, I've, uh, I let us stay long. You know. I mean, I there, just... there, there's always a couple minutes at the end. Here's the thing: if you're still listening and you're in Eastern Canada and you come across something where you're like, well, you know what? That would be interesting for them to talk about because our news gets a little bit more focused on what's more local to us. Throw it our way. Um. Just because we haven't seen it yet doesn't mean, you know, I just by all means, I can't guarantee it'll show up on the show. But if you think something's worth talking about, we're interested in hearing about it. And I tell you what, we will toy with. Uh, I like that, too. And then Zane uh, has said new artist debut uh, is an awesome idea for sure. Um, if we get. I don't know, a handful of artists that reach out saying, hey, I I would love to like showcase my music. Mm-hmm. We'll start to talk about it, I, I think, right? Like, I mean, we've thrown out the idea. Let's see what comes back. And yeah, there's, well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, there's so many awesome bands out there that don't make it big. Like, I remember when I, I lived in Saskatoon for a few years and there was a few really cool bands that got nearly big and then, you know, just, just something never quite happened, but you're like, this is an absolute banger. Like these are some awesome tunes and you know, they, they'd be great for a live show, you know, opening for like wide mouth Mason and big sugar or whatever else kind of thing. And, and then they just, you know, somebody gets married, you know, Billy quit and Joey got married and whatever else. Right. And, uh, I, I think it shouldn't be too terribly difficult to find some, you know, decent tunes that get us, primed up and ready to go and talk about how stupid this world is become. <laughs> okay, call in. Uh, 
Earl, Earl, has, Earl has said call-in question mark. We, we talked about okay. that probably two, three episodes ago, and it's been kind of this like, how much fun would a call-in be? Do you do it on, you know, now I've had people suggesting Twitter spaces. You do it on Twitter mm-hmm. space and, and do it there. But uh, wouldn't it be better just to have a true call-in show? Well, yes and no. I think that Twitter space would probably be a really easy spot to have it rather than a call-in show where, I don't know, you've got to try and manage call waiting and just like, okay, you just you just hit a random button kind of thing. And and uh, I think function functionally speaking, Twitter spaces would be the easier thing to do. But I don't know if i'm willing to give it a shot i don't know um i want to put more prep into it before i start trying to do something before i've thought it through fully but uh i was thinking that we would start looking at that after we did the election coverage yeah well for people uh, uh still like two says uh hanging on with us here i i, I agree with twos actually um we're, we're taking a look at may 29th there's gonna be a lot of prep that has to go into that mm-hmm. that's gonna take up well it already is taking up time as we we slowly uh get closer and closer to it because we want something that you know when you tune in it is you know it's it's well done we don't want it to be uh um, you know, a complete mockery, right? Like, obviously, what we're trying- if you tuned into live election coverage and it didn't suck? It didn't suck. Yeah, well, that's it. So we're we're gonna do that. That's exactly what May 29th is gonna be. Tuesday mashup election coverage that doesn't suck. I mean, it's like boom, done. Put that on a billboard. Let's roll. So we're 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 working our way towards that. That's gonna take. You know, you think you got. You're like, oh, it's two months away. And let me tell you, uh, in planning these things, that'll go <laughs> awfully quick. I um, probably put about forty hours of planning into it already. <laughs> um, and and then and then we got and then we got two things now that are percolating. We have we have a a call in um, idea that I think could carry some water. We just got to figure out how to do it. Um, and then uh, and then this new artist thing is is interesting because right now, as I sit here, uh, Zane says, "How about Dallas Alexander?" And he, he's not wrong. Literally interviewed Dallas. I'm sure Dallas would be over the moon to get his music heard by more people. He's an Alberta boy, and uh, I have one of his songs on my Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. Listen to it all the time now, and I think it would be awesome to have that on one of the shows. And it's like, how easy would that be? That's probably a text away, I assume. So you, but this is like two said. This uh, takes a little bit of fanning to get it rolling, and then if it does, maybe after Alberta election coverage. We look into um, um, different music things, or maybe I get fifty texts over the uh, course of this week, and we're like, "Wow, let's just start it and away we go." Who knows? It, it's one of those things where I don't know if, if there's a lot of push for it, I could be convinced, but I would feel much more comfortable taking my time and figuring out exactly what I wanted to look like. I, uh, I, I, what, what is with the with the sparkles emoji? I, I never understood that. I don't know, but, but that's Garden Girl. That's that's the oh, that's, that's Garden. Oh yes, absolutely. Garden Girl's giving us the high fives. I think. Hey, yes. Garden Girl. Well, hopefully we didn't butcher it too much for you tonight. There was the. I mean, she's... Who, the show sponsors listening to the show, folks. That's how oh, committed that's she is to us. Two jackasses at times. Hey, Ariel. <laughs> Two's like, what are we? What are we doing here? What is this about? I'm like, it's it's Garden Girl. Oh, I I just I just looked at the emoji first, and I didn't look at the name. Um, because you always butcher pronouncing them anyway. You'd be like, yeah, so um, it's Gurdon 
Goral. I'm I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Zane's been all over me uh, via text. He goes, it took a few weeks to finally break 18 souls watching on the live stream. It's been a slow burn. We hadn't told anyone we were doing it. On this. the Facebook thing? Like, I, on Twitter, I had it, like 500 people tune in, and I announced it 10 minutes before. Yes. Uh, it, it, Twitter's different, though, because you can, it, it, I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I'm laughing about it because uh, I, I get what he's saying, but we haven't announced it. Like I don't, uh, I don't. We don't put out this huge thing and show that this is. We're the day our own and... worst enemies on this. Yes, Sean. it is true. That's true. It's true. But in saying that, he also said, uh, "Love the love the live election coverage. Let's spread the word and outperform Legacy Media. That shouldn't be that hard, honestly. I don't. I, I don't yeah, think it shouldn't be that hard either. And it's on a Monday night. We're actually toying with the idea of seeing if any bars will play it. I mean, how great would it be to sit around, have a few pints and wings, and see what the country I think it's or a great what the idea. province is going to look like for the next four years? I think it's a great idea. Oh, and and oh. she's uh, Brianna says I prefer to watch on Rumble so I can close the app, but then I can't comment. Anyways, um, I know what it she means. seems as though you can. Well, you can't. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, just looking at what's in front of me right now, it appears as though you are able to comment. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Okay. Anyways. Well, let's just call it here. Let's call it here. Forty nine. Thanks for tuning in tonight, folks. And one year you... anniversary next week. Yeah, and uh, we'll see if we can have a little. Uh... She's calling you on your yeah. shit. Hey? Yes, I am an ass. Have we uh, met? If you don't know nothing about me. I'm anyone, sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, you, um, you guys are great. You guys are great. I'm just being a smart aleck. Um anyways, there's some there's some ideas percolating and we'll, me and Tuz will we'll we'll talk about it certainly tomorrow morning, you know, as we sit here Monday night. If you're listening on the on the podcast, um uh shoot off some some text to the line and and see what your thoughts are on artists, maybe you know some um uh election coverage thoughts on that if you own a bar maybe you want to play it hey we that'd be super cool uh you know anyways the different ideas uh coming at us uh hard and heavy here this week and uh the call show yeah the call show would be a ton of fun but we we have to do that we have to try it at least once and we will make no, sure we have uh, to try five we got to do the five I, <laughs> I apologize for that. Brianna said. Brad says, "I sat through your stand-up debut, yet here I am." Isn't that true, folks? Um, once again, thanks for forty-nine. Uh, next next week thanks on for episode to check fifty, it out, Brianne. and uh, yeah, it should be. Well, we'll see what we can cook up for y'all, and we'll see where Sean is at because I feel like I'm on the road for the next one. So hopefully, I'm not dying in some uh, storage room at some hotel. Either way, um, that's all. Thanks for tuning in. Twos, as always, we'll catch you on episode or mashup 50. We'll see you on the one-year anniversary, buddy.